And I feel like money, money. Um, I'm Tavis Smiley. This is KVLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Do you feel like money or are you out of money? Because today is tax day. Um, so did you pay? Did you get a refund? What, what, what? You feel like money? Turn it up, Miles. Turn it up. Yeah. So today's tax day, so uh, not a more propitious time to have a conversation about your money, uh, to talk about financial literacy, particularly for our community, uh, with financial professional and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters, Black Wealth Matters, this hour uh, in a conversation that explores the roots of our uh, many of the problems and challenges that we face when it comes to money and more importantly, some strategies for overcoming these challenges. Uh, Saria Rigo is our guest in this hour. Saria, good to have you on. How are you today? Thank you, uh, Mr. Smiley. It's such a pleasure to be on this show. I appreciate you guys extending the offer for me to come and talk about uh, how taxes impact the black community. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, I have a rule around here. I'll call you Saria if you call me Tabish. We got a deal? I almost want you to call me Miss Rigo. I'm just kidding. Yes, of course you <laughs> You know what? That's the first. I was like, fir- <laughs> I need to call you Mr. Smiley, so you can call me Miss Rigo. Yeah, no, you, you know, I, 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 I'm happy to do it any way you want to do it. I ain't mad at you. Uh, that, that is the first time I've ever, in all the years I've done it. That's the first time I've had that response, though. Uh, so she, she, she's quick, she's witty, and she knows money. So uh, I, I like people like you. Uh, no, I, I that was that was hilarious. Okay, I got it. Uh, let's let's. <laughs> I'm still laughing though. Let's uh, let's talk money. So I, I love the way you framed it. The way taxes impact our money. Um, there's a whole lot to interrogate there. So let's just start with a broad overview, oh, yeah. a broad overview of that, Saria, and we'll jump from there. So talk to you about the way that taxes impact our money on tax day. Okay, thank you. So when I when we started the Black Wealth series mm-hmm. um, in 2020. You know, there were so many different things that stood out to people about the murder of George Floyd. And what stood out to me was $20. Mm. Like, all of that was called over $20. And then I just started thinking about how so often in my family, growing up on the south side of Chicago, uh, my mom had, like, a bunch of brothers and sisters. My grandma was from Mississippi. And there were a lot of times where folks didn't have $20, Mm -hmm. except they were working full time. And I just started realizing, why is it so easy for Black folks to be poor? And so the the foundation of the Black Wealth Series is really tapping into and examining how systemic racism uh, impacts so many different areas, but how it really functions through poverty. Mm. Um. <sighs> Are, are we destined? This, 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 I'm, I'm <laughs> pausing. A lot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's 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 a lot. I, I can handle it. It's it's a lot. I was okay. pausing because I want I wanted to frame this the right way. Uh, and I think the way I want to frame it is this: um, is that reality that you just laid out quite beautifully and quite eloquently? Um, is that forever uh, our condition, or uh, can something be done about that? Uh. It is not, and something can absolutely be done about it, but we have to do something. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that we're fighting two fights. We're fighting the, the, if not three, 
we're fighting the fight to uh, protect and, and grow wealth. We're fighting the fight of being safe, which is, is what's happening right now with us uh, protesting and, and looking at um, the young man who was shot and, and what keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And then we also are fighting uh, the system, which is really our legislation that creates all of these um, loopholes where we seem to always fall through Mm-hmm. Where, where where money matters are concerned, where money matters mm-hmm. are concerned, um, how can black folk effectively fight a system, as you put it? Okay, so I I recommend really looking at um, looking at what's so first of all, and then I'll tell you um, my theories. Sure, sure. And it's all theories, you know. America is so new; we're all like everything is a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all an experiment, right? Yep. So when you really start looking at taxes, taxes started uh, in like 1863 to fund the Civil War, and then everyone was a tax. The wealthy, you know, the wealthy people were in 1944. Taxes became more popular. So, because taxes became more popular, it affected the wealthy more, and the wealthy actually ended up suing and going to the Supreme Court to create the taxes that we have now, which impacts them more. So, if they did that, the chances are we can do the same thing. But the problem is that. Whenever America has this really interesting foundation of um, being adversarial, adversarial towards anything that they think benefits black folks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if so, if we say gray, they're going to be like, you know what, Mm-mm. whatever the opposite of gray is, is what we want. Like anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime we say something. Uh, that they think will benefit us, they're going to really uh, try to tell the line to not have it benefit us because there's something innate that's taught in them to do that. So we're going to have to sneak, <laughs> mm. which brings me back to what our, 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 you know, our ancestors did during Reconstruction. It actually worked out really well uh, until until the era came where they were getting bombed and lynched and all that good stuff. So in terms of the tips, I really like, there's a book called Black Fortunes by Shamari Willis that talks about uh, some of the strategies that the uh, black folks did during um, Reconstruction. And the first thing was they were business owners. A lot of black folks were business owners. Uh, Business ownership gives the best taxes. Now, the reality is a lot of us cannot be business owners because of the wealth gap, and we do need our, our jobs. However, if you have a job and your spouse has a job, it puts us in a really interesting situation because now we're in the highest tax bracket mm-hmm. because the tax code benefits single earning households more than dual income W-2 households, right? So as a result, we have to bring in business ownership. Business ownership gives us tax deductions. It gives us other um, streams of income. It helps us possibly create more income that we can then use to pay, pay our black tax. Mm-hmm. The second thing I was thinking about is um, we got to hide our identity. Everyone doesn't need to know that something's owned by a, by a black person if it's not beneficial for us to have it be known that it's owned by a black person, if that makes sense. Because, um, again, it's too comfortable and this anti-black culture that we have for people to 
think that we need to be poor. And so they do things like devalue our houses, pay us less. They just do things, <laughs> audit us, you know, Black uh, folks in the South, W-2 earning people get audited more than our high net worth, right? So when it comes to businesses, it's not a bad idea to use entities and really look at hiding your identity so that you can get that loan Mm -hmm. uh, interest rate that's more favorable so that you can have the people treat the property a little bit um, more desirable, right? So that's, yeah. No. And the thing, go ahead. No, finish your last point. I'm sorry, go ahead. So the last part, the third one, is that we do have to have teams of people that help us. And, and because advice is important, but information changes so aggressively. Tax laws change, uh, products change, strategies change. And if we don't have someone that can keep us in the know of what's changing, then we can't pivot. Yep. And if we can't pivot, then we're we're caught, we're stuck, we're right there for the firing squad, and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to be looking at professionals to help us, uh, I want you guys, I would love for y'all to write this down if you're out there taking notes, but re- be able to research somebody. So if you're looking at a financial professional, Google their name on FINRA.org, F-I-N-R-A.org, see if they come up. If they don't come up, they're not properly licensed to have conversations with you about all money matters. If you're hiring a CPA, do cpaverify.org. If you're looking at a lawyer, check your state bar association. It's alarming to me how many people get taken advantage of when they could have just researched the person to see their credentials. And it's not to say that every uh, person is going to have perfect credentials. It's not about perfection, but it is about experts. I take your point. Didn't want to interrupt there. Um, I wanted to make sure I give you time to. No, no, no. I want to give you time to lay out your 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 foundation. So I hear the three points you've raised. um, uh, That one of the three of the ways in which we can uh, better prepare ourselves for this annual reckoning called Tax Day, which is today, uh, is to consider business ownership, uh, to consider hiding the identity of the things that we do own. Uh, and uh, obviously that we need professionals. We need teams of folk who help us. I've got those three points. We'll interrogate that as we move forward. But before we even get to that, uh, again, I didn't want to interrupt. You said something five minutes ago that I want to come straight away to in a moment, and that is uh, reminding us um, or empowering us, for those who didn't know, uh, how and why tax day taxes began in this country. Uh, And you heard Saria Rigo say a moment ago that taxes were established to fund the Civil War. The taxes were established to fund the Civil War. There are two ways, at least in my mind, to read that. I don't know if I celebrate that or I'm angry about that. How do I process that taxes were established to fund the Civil War? There are a number of ways to read that, a number of ways to respond to that. I'm sure you're noodling it and marinating on it right now as you listen to KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Saria Rigo is a financial professional and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters. We're delighted to have her on in this hour for a conversation uh, about all things black folk and money, given that today is tax day. I recognize in certain parts of the country, certainly here in California, where this radio station is flagship, we actually have until October um, to file our taxes for a number of reasons. 
Um, but uh, it is tax day nonetheless. Uh, and I wanted to have this conversation today about your money and how to make it work better for you, how to make the most of it. Um, but before I get to these suggestions that Saria made moments ago, uh, I want to interrogate this this comment that she made earlier, which jumped out at me. I suspect it may have jumped out at you as well about the roots, the foundings, as it were, of how taxes came to be in this country. They were uh, initiated in part as a way to fund the Civil War. And I've been, I've been noodling on that since you since you first said that, uh, Saria. I, I, I knew that, but you brought it back to my remembrance when you when you laid it out there. Uh, and I'm not sure in 2023 as a black man how I should read that as one who has to pay taxes like everybody else in this country. Uh, and Wesley Snipes, of course, learned that lesson the hard way. Love Wesley, but he learned it the hard way. Uh, you do have to pay your taxes, brother. Um, but I, I don't know in 2023 how I should read that. You said it with such ease. Uh, how how what what's your take on on that reality that we started paying taxes as a way to fund the Civil War? It's just what's so. <laughs> it's just what it is. Um, I, there's a lot. I mean, I, I, one of the realities of doing the Blackwell series, and I'm sure one of the realities of you analyzing and being able to speak to everyone that you speak to, is that we get we just get to see the facts of it, and mm-hmm. from that we can we can figure out what to do next. But that's not even that's not even what I want you to get most alarmed about. I have more. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm maybe alarmed, <laughs> maybe, maybe alarmed, and I know, I know you got more. We got the whole hour. We're gonna get it out of you. I, I promise you. Um, uh-huh. so I'm, I'm not alarmed by it, but it, it is fascinating when you consider. Um, you know, we can have a deep intellectual and philosophical conversation about this. When you consider that the Civil War uh, was fought, of course, over the institution of slavery, uh, and that taxes were established to fund that war. On the one hand, you know, one could read that. As a good thing, I mean, uh, if Lincoln doesn't fight the Civil War, uh, if we don't uh, push back against the Confederacy, this country is a very different country. Uh, so on the one hand, maybe I should be mm-hmm. grateful that t- that taxes were established. On the other hand, uh, here we are in 2023 still fighting for reparations, and we are being taxed all these years later because some folk in the South wanted to split the Union wanted to, uh, and 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 advance this notion of uh, of confederacy and again we haven't got reparations yet and all these all these years later we're still paying taxes so i'm of a i'm of a double mm-hmm. consciousness if you will uh sorry mr du bois mm-hmm. i'm of a double conscious a, du- a double mind when it comes to what i'm thinking now about why i'm paying taxes in 2023 i digress on that point mm-hmm. but it was just fascinating for me and i wanted to kind of underscore <laughs> it, uh, uh for those who are for those who are listening um you also said earlier use the term earlier a black tax not the first time we've heard that phrase uh for those mm-hmm. who have haven't heard it and uh needed unpack when you say a black tax, you mean what specifically? I mean the tax that applies specifically to black folks as a result of slavery and systemic racism and all the financial results of that um, that's still here today. Like it might be uh, helping, you know, pay your mom's rent or pay your mom's um, hospital bills, or helping support your, your sister, or putting commissary on your brother's books because they're in the system. It's mm-hmm. all the things where we're trying to, when we have a little bit, we're trying to keep everyone afloat and and help them have some sort of a, a lifestyle because they weren't able to secure that because of, of the different people and the different players that were around during their 
high earning optimum time. Yep. How, this is a broad question here. Um, how would you say that tax day impacts people who look like you and me uh, as opposed to how it impacts other people? Mm, I would say the majority of us are probably getting tax refunds mm-hmm. uh, as W-2 employees, and that's probably something that people look forward to. And for some of us, we're getting audited because, unfortunately, that's still a big reality that no one's talking about as much as they should, even though the IRS is grossly underfunded and they're understaffed. They always make time to audit black folks in the South. Mm. They figure out how to divide their time up to do that and and terrorize them with their their um, limited resources. And then for the others, we're paying taxes, you know. So it's it's a bunch of us are getting tax refunds. A lot of us are having tax nightmares from either being audited or paying taxes. Mm-hmm. So since you say mm-hmm. it's, since you say it's not being talked about enough, uh, and you are on a black talk radio station, let's talk about it. Um, tell me more about the IRS and this penchant they have for auditing black folk in the South. So I am not an expert in it. I just know that I see it personally with my family members, and I watch shows on it. So the long and short of it is a lot for whatever reason the um, Southern folks that they're auditing are actually W two employees. Mm-hmm. W-2 employees get their taxes pulled out before anything. So they're actually some of the safest uh, people in terms of uh, taxes because there's very little wiggle room. They don't have deductions. They're making their money is right there. Everything is above board, but even still, they're being audited. Audits are normally for people who have the um, ability to hide things. So for whatever reason, that's where a lot of their energy is going. And I can tell you for my family members, uh, my sister in particular, she hasn't gotten a tax refund that she looks forward to in about three years because that's how long the audits take. And she's not the only one. Mm-hmm. It's particular to, to blacks in the South for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So you, you, you gave me this list of three things um, that um, you want us to consider when it comes to us and and our money, uh, business ownership, number one, uh, hiding the identity, our identity vis-a-vis the things that we own. Uh, and number three, recognizing, of course, that we do need professionals to help us navigate uh, the murky waters of money in this country. So we're talking broadly, of course, in this hour about financial literacy uh, in our community, given that today is is tax day. Let me let me start with these three things you laid out in the order that you laid it out. Mm-hmm. Um, business ownership is obviously great advice. Uh, if you can do it, um, but you laid it out so beautifully and you know as well as I do uh, that as eloquent as you were in in, in, in suggesting to us that that should be an option that we should consider, you also know that that is the one thing that is so difficult for black folk because we lack access oftentimes to the capital to become business owners, and I'm not sure that's changing anytime soon. So it's it's going to be a it's going to be a little switcheroo, right? Okay. So right now, a lot of folks have their assets in their four hundred one k, because for whatever reason, we've been sold the four hundred one k as this really solid piece for retirement. Do you remember how old you were when you heard about a four hundred one k? Yeah, you. Well, I'm getting older now, so years ago for me, yeah. <laughs> 
So for I heard about a 401k when I was 16. And mm-hmm. when I ask all of my clients, they've heard about it anywhere between 16 and 25 at the most. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is 401k started in 1978. Mm-hmm. So they're 45 years old and they only became popular about 30 years ago, which means that the group that's retiring right now at this moment, Tavis, are really the alpha class of the experiment. Mm. So if you knew that something you were doing was new, would you put all your eggs in that basket? Mm. Probably not. You'd probably be like, you know what, let me look. Let me let me let me see how it does a little bit. I'll put five in there, but I'm not going to put all of my money in there. Right. But the way that 401k's have been promoted, it feels like they're solid. And they're they're very new. They're so new that in 2023 alone, uh, a lot of the laws have changed because they're not performing the way that the government thought they would perform. Am I am I am I hearing am I hearing an, an indictment of 401ks from you? You're just hearing facts. However, you want to interpret it. No, I I I, <laughs> I, I, I hear the facts, but you are you are a financial professional. No recommendation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a professional, but I make I'm, I give people recommendations based on their situation. So mm-hmm. it's not that it's good or bad. It's new, and mm-hmm. people should treat it like it's new, and they they need to understand that. It's, but I don't feel like people are are I don't feel like people are talking about it in the, the, the way that it should be. Okay, so, 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 put, so put a pin in that one second. Mm-hmm. Put a pin. Let, me, let me do news, traffic, and sports. We'll come right back to this point. Um, I asked whether or not that was an indictment. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not pressing you in a particular way. I ask only because, to your point, we have heard so much about 401Ks. We've been sold this as the end-all, be-all. I take your point that 401Ks, given that they came out in 78, are relatively new. Um, the question I want to pose when we come forward, if not 401ks, then what? Because that is one of the things that every black person I know has been sold as something you need to get, a 401k. Well, if not a 401k, what are you saying to me? You don't want to cop to indicting it. I ain't mad at you for that. <laughs> but what are you saying? Alternatively, if not a 401k, just getting started. We're not getting started. We're halfway through. But I got more stuff. And, and she's got more stuff. You're listening to Saria Rigo, uh, financial professional and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters, as we talk about black financial literacy on tax day on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. <laughs> You do indeed belong here, and I'm glad to have you here. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580, our phone number 1-800-920-1580. I am Tavis Smiley. Our guest in this hour is Saria Rigo. She is a financial professor and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters, and she said it off here about five minutes ago because uh, uh, <laughs> our socials are, 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 are lighting up. Uh, and I knew this was going to happen when you went in on 401Ks. And I, let me, I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek. You didn't go in on them. You just said they were new. And we should be aware of that. So I'm getting all kind of messages now. Let me just read one right quick. If 401k is considered new, what in the world then is crypto? Uh, is there some level before embryo? <laughs> I love that. Is there some level before embryo? Please advise. So we're getting all kind of outreach about this. I knew that was going to happen when you made that comment about 401ks. And you knew it was going to happen as well, which is probably why you said it. Because you know that's the advice that we are all giving. I don't need to color it much more. Take it away, Saria. Yeah, but but think, the thing is also who is the advice coming from too? Mm-hmm. Because um, it, I don't know if it's coming from professionals. I don't, you know, when I look at 
social media, a lot of the people saying the the four hundred one ks and this and that. They're they're nurses, they're pastors, they're uh, novices. They're not financial professionals. They're not even CPAs half the time. So I don't I don't know. It's just a it's. I'm just telling everybody the facts. I feel like the more we understand the facts the better. That's why I created the Black Wealth Series. Once you know what's going on, then you can act accordingly. Okay, so... so but at the end of the day, your situation is your situation, and you need to talk to somebody about your situation. Indeed. So Go if ahead, not... Sir. So if not... I, I understand <laughs> every situation is different, but if not 401k, then what? So if I'm saying that black folks need to own businesses, why not an investment that you can use to leverage into a business? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question. Uh, and yet I come back to my, my primary point. It's always about access to capital, is it not? But if you're putting the money into the 401k, can't you just start building that capital yourself? You could. Um, it would take some time. Uh, I mean, it, 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 take, it, it takes time either way. I get your point. 401ks don't grow overnight. Uh, but when you're starting a business, I mean, I've done this and you've done this and I've done it a number of times in my career. I'm doing it right now with a radio station. Um, I can't put money away in KBLA Talk 1580 like I do a 401k. They take it out periodically and it, it builds over time. It don't work that way buying a radio station. Got it. So then that's where some, some help and some strategy and some budgeting comes in. And speaking of budgeting, I got I want to share a little, um, I didn't create it. It was made famous by Elizabeth Warren in her uh, finance book. I find that a lot of folks really just need um, just transparency with a good budgeting strategy, and this might be able to help them plan for their future. Mm-hmm. Would it be okay if I share it? Please. Okay. So, you guys, this is called the healthy budget. If you're self-employed, your taxes are going to come off the top. If you're W-2, your taxes already came off the top. 50% of your income should go to your expenses. If your expenses are more than 50%, see where you can uh, minimize that. Your expenses are going to be your mortgage, your car note, your car insurance, your um, student loan, not your credit card. Credit cards are part of your living expenses because those are... Uh, actually, you can change those. But the most important part is you do have to put away something to pay yourself first. Uh, they recommend 20% off the top of whatever you make after taxes, you guys, not off the top, but after taxes. And of that 20%, it shouldn't all be going to long-term savings. It shouldn't all be going to short-term savings. If you need to, maybe uh, split it 50-50. And this is not your tithing money, nor your sorority money, nor your gifting money. This is not even vacation money. It's literally for your future. So consider using some of that for whatever you need to buy so that you can ultimately get tax deductions and another stream of income. Mm-hmm. Um, let, me, let, let me pivot ever so gently um, back to what we were talking <laughs> about earlier. And that is the black tax um, that you uh, referenced uh, mm-hmm. referenced uh, prior in this conversation. Uh, we're talking broadly, of course, about financial literacy. We're talking broadly about black wealth and why it matters and how to build it. Uh, our guest, in case you've just tuned in, is Saria Rigo, financial professional and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters. In preparation for our conversation, um, uh, 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 Saria, I was reading last night. Uh, and uh, researching and came across a fascinating article uh, produced by the Center for American Progress. You know, that's a uh, more liberal think tank. Saria, your response to those five little known <laughs> facts about taxes and inequality in America. 
All right. The one I like to talk about is the long-term capital gains tax. So long-term capital gain taxes are almost half of uh, income tax. Income tax is what we pay on our earned money, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're putting money into a 401k or a retirement plan, even though we're investing it for the long term, we're not getting the same long term rates. And we're actually losing a little control as to when we can take it out as well. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of little nuances that come with uh, retirement planning that you know, may or may not be in the benefit of the person who's doing it. But when it comes to taxes, if you can pay half versus what you're paying on your income, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And that's only what you can get from having investments that are not tied to a retirement account. Mm -hmm. um, back to your three points. I, I, those are the five, um, the five uh, points uh, that come courtesy of Center for American Progress cap the five little known facts about taxes and inequality in america you can find that article anywhere i'm sure if you just google it once again the mm -hmm. the title is called five little known facts about taxes and inequality in america from the center for american progress easy to find by googling if you want to read more about those five points back to saria rigo's three points which began this conversation about things that we can do to aid and abet ourselves when it comes to black wealth creation Business ownership, which we talked about a bit earlier. Number two, hiding our identity on the things that we own. Number three, making sure we get professionals to help us. We'll come to number three in a second. Uh, number two, right quick here, hiding our identity. Uh, on the one end, you know, it, it annoys me that we that we have to hide stuff that we own because um, uh, being African American will put you oftentimes in harm's way. On the other hand, it, it's 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 a really good strategy, uh, and yet I'm trying to juxtapose. <laughs> This pension that we have, mm -hmm. I've had conversations about this. You probably know where I'm going. I've had many conversations in my career about the fact that because we've been so put upon in this country, black folk have this thing about letting folk know what we own, letting folk know what we have. Because, again, we've been put uh, we've been uh, so put upon over the centuries in this country um, that it's a great uh, it, it's sound uh, financial advice. And yet it runs up against the psychology that many of us have about showing what we have. Does that make sense to you, Saria? It absolutely makes sense, but it's it's what I believe that we should look at doing when it suits us. There are going to be opportunities where people need to know that you're a black-owned business. Mm -hmm. That's great, and, and it's going to work in your favor, and it's going to give you things that you wouldn't get. But that shouldn't be that's that's not the norm in America. It should be, but that's not the norm in America. In America. Uh, we can't be confident that people are going to be punished when they do things uh, to harm us, whether it's financial, physical, uh, career-wise. We just can't be – we're not confident yet. We don't have a system that works out for us uh, consistently. So what we have to do is be uh, defensive. Yeah. Am I saying that right? I don't even play sports. Is that right? When you no, like, nope, you're right. That's right. Okay, <laughs> it's, got it. It's actually both. It's actually it's actually both. It's offensive and defensive. But I take your point. You, okay. you're, you're, you're 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 not wrong. You're not wrong. We're talking in this hour about protecting and uh, growing your wealth. Given that today is tax day, our guest in this hour is Saria Rigo, financial professional and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters. When we come back, we'll have a few minutes uh, left when we come forward, and I want to I want to just. Uh, 
tackle one or two other things right quick. The third thing on her list was um, recognizing that in moments like these, we need professional help. And I'm just curious as to what it is she has learned or discovered over the years about why it is when it comes to our money, when it comes to our taxes, et cetera, et cetera, that we don't seek help. It's everywhere. Why is it that we don't seek it? Do we think we don't need it? Can we not afford it? What's behind that? Uh, we'll get Saria's response to that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. So here we go. Um, what is it about uh, black people um, where far too often, uh, too many of us, put another way, uh, don't seek out the help that we need when it comes to financial matters? Because we're afraid, because um, the system has failed us so many times from start to finish uh, that we're just afraid that if somebody takes all the money that we have, we wouldn't have a way to fight it and we will just be out there by ourselves. Mm. Um. Uh, and and the price we pay, um, as you see it, for not getting the help that we need when it comes to our money is what? Financial independence uh, and freedom, right? We can do better than what we're doing, and we have to do better. Uh, if not for us, for our communities, for our families. If, you know, sometimes I talk to people, and they're like, well, I don't need any more money. I'm like, but I'm sure your church could use some more, <laughs> or your nieces and nephews, or your you're somebody, I mean, we're black. You can throw a rock and hit somebody that needs some money. So, please. Yeah. <laughs> Warren I, yeah. Buffett doesn't say he doesn't need no money. No, I, I, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. I, I was say, I don't know the Negroes you're hanging out with, but I ain't met a black person in my life yet who ever told me they didn't need no more money. So, I don't know who you hanging out I with. I ain't got with the crazy ones. I, the crazy I, ones who I, they're scared than me. Saying that is going to make them have to do more work. No, I got it. I'll take your point. I'll take your yeah. point. Let me close on this note. Mm -hmm. I want to close. I got uh, three and a half, four minutes left here. Let me close where we began this conversation, your list of three things uh, that we can do uh, to help grow and protect, uh, protect and grow, I should say, our wealth. Uh, business ownership is something you should consider. Um, hiding those things, those entities that you do own. Uh, and protecting yourself in that regard. And thirdly, as we just discussed, getting the help that you need when it comes to your to your to your to your business, your money matters. Um, I, I mentioned earlier the five little known facts about taxes and inequality in America. And I want to close by going back to Saria's first point about business ownership and share with you five reasons uh, that I came across again in researching for this conversation that now may be the best time for black folk in particular to start and grow a business and see how this lands on Saria. Number one uh, of the five reasons you should start a business right now, people want to support other people. As we say around here, we rooting for everybody black. People want to support uh -huh. other people. Uh, number two, um, the world is in your back pocket. The world has changed so much, it's literally in your back pocket. If your phone is in your back pocket, in your purse, everything you need uh, is in your back pocket. Five reasons why now is the best time for you to consider as a black person. Starting your own business, automated sales and marketing processes. Today, you can travel with your customers anytime and anywhere by putting your brand in their purse or in their back pocket. Everything is automated these days. And that makes things a lot easier. Number four of the five reasons you might want to start a business right now. Increased supportive and collaborative opportunities. The growing number of black entrepreneurs means that there are increasingly more black people available to participate uh, in whatever it is that you are working on, it's working collaboratively. You just heard in the sports report from Ray Richardson uh, that uh, our boy in Philadelphia got that huge contract, uh, making him the highest paid. It was a black female agent that made that happen for him. So black people are working more collaboratively now 
than ever uh, before. Number five of the five reasons why you should consider starting a business right now. You can lead your business from anywhere. Gone are the days when you have to be in a specific location to get anything done. Technology allows you to manage and run your business from anywhere. There you have it. The five reasons. Uh, five of the reasons, I should say, that you might want to consider now as the best time to start your business. Given that was your first point, Saria, I'll give you the last word. All right. And it's not done in a vacuum, you guys. We still have to understand how systemic racism functions and not only the industry you're looking at, the community you're buying something in, all of it. So please uh, Google the Black Wealth Series and register for our next class, which is going to be the top of the month uh, next month. And our next speaker is going to be an NIL agent because we're also doing a series on sports, uh, mm. Tavis. Cool. <laughs> so this series is all about college sports and how that um, impacts the black community and also these families. So you guys register for the Black Wealth Series because it's not something that you can do and stop. It needs to be a way of life in terms of us creating wealth and also using it as a tool to dismantle systemic racism. There you have it. Some good information I hope you uh, have downloaded uh, in this hour as we uh, have had this conversation with Saria Rigo, financial professional and co-founder of Black Wealth Matters. And we thought that today, tax day, would be the best time to have this conversation. So, Saria, thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights. All the best to you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks. Let's have a good one. Thank Bye-bye. you. Good to have you <laughs> on. Hour three of Tabby Smiley. After news, traffic, and sports, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580.